Welcome to the I'm Just Curious podcast. My name is Carol. And my name is Lee. And this is a podcast about curiosity. Now, let's be clear. We all know that didn't work out well for the cat. But in reality, curiosity is a great way to learn. We're curious about everything. And obviously not experts in the subjects we'll be discussing. Let's face it, if we were, we wouldn't be doing this podcast. In this podcast, we are talking to Lorna. She is also my stepsister, so a member of our family. She's a mom, a stepmom, and uh, a wife, and a successful businesswoman. She's just closed one chapter on our business life and is opening a new exciting chapter. So we'll get into that as we work our way through this podcast. She's obviously from the UK. You'll know that as soon as she opens her mouth. I'm somewhere between the two. Yeah, you are. It would appear. Uh, obviously, so I keep getting told. Welcome, Lorna. Hello. Hi. How are you? We're good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, yeah. Had a busy day and uh, it's just getting settled down, ready for the evening now over here. Good. So, obviously, you're seven or eight hours ahead of us right now, right? What time is it there? It is about 20 past seven in the evening here. Okay. So, it's 11.20 here. So... Eight hours. Eight hours. Okay. Mm-hmm. The, the thing with Arizona is the time doesn't change and everyone else's time does change. We don't have <laughs> daylight savings time here. So you would think that would make life more simple, right? Mm. Until everyone else's time changes. So now we never know whether we're seven hours behind you, eight hours behind you, an hour yeah. behind Los Angeles on the same time as Los Angeles. So it gets a little confusing. So, mm-hmm. okay. So, so appreciate you taking an evening out, Saturday evening too, when you'd probably yeah. be out partying and living it up. Well, yes, it's Halloween, so probably should be at a party somewhere, but I'm not. I'm here with you guys. Obviously, Carol's here with me. Yes. Well, I'm just super excited. I'm more going to sit back and listen, I think, unless my, you know, outward... Your curiosity kicks in? <laughs> curiosity kicks in, or okay. my my uh, inability to to not interrupt and things like that kick in and mm-hmm. but yeah i'm excited to sit back and listen okay cool all right okay. let's go so you obviously you've been a successful businesswoman you've just sold a business that you started 10 12 years ago something of that nature something that that time yes so um i was made redundant from a job that i really loved and um, just kind of thought, well, I could do this job for myself. I could work for myself and set up my own. Um, it was a training company. So I thought I could set up a, a training company myself. I know how to do all of the bits and pieces that you need to do. Right. Um, so when I was redundant and I was pregnant at the time as well. So I had uh, time on my hands. And, um, and just thought, well, yeah, let's go for it. Let's set up, set up this business. And if it doesn't work, at least I've learned something. I've got some new skills and I can take those to a new employer. Or if it does work, it's just going to be amazing. So uh, I thought I knew everything. And looking back, I possibly knew a little bit, but definitely <laughs> not as much as I thought I did at the start of the journey. And right. then... Yeah, so, and then 10 years later, um, I've just sold it. Okay. Do you mind if we get a little bit into that, into that business? 
Yeah, so um, we delivered a lot of apprenticeships. So that's where people are studying for a qualification and working alongside that as well. Okay. So um, we delivered lots in kind of the business sector, in digital. Um, when we sold the business, we've moved into kind of outdoor activities and pursuit okay. things. Um, so yeah, a lot of it was that. And then we, um, that's all funded by employers and by the government. And then we also had pots of funding to deliver short courses to people. So we worked a lot with people who were, um, had either been made redundant or were at risk of redundancy. Um, and I really felt like I, I could sympathize with those people and completely understand the situation that they were in and how scary it was. And um, it's, when you're being made redundant, it's not just like losing your job, but it's about losing your finance and, and friendship groups and your identity and, and your purpose for getting up in the morning. There's so much loss around redundancy. And I could really relate to that. So did lots and lots of work with people who were in that situation. Um, looking at getting them qualifications, um, perhaps for jobs that they'd done for a long time, but didn't have a qualification in. Um, okay. or, or to like retrain into a different sector. So we did lots and lots of work around that as well. So those were kind of the, the main two arms of the business. That's gone. Oh, sorry, Karen. I have a question about that. Like, was that inspired, that business inspired because you saw another business kind of similar to it? Or is this just something you just thought up? So, well, I used to run a training center in London and um, working there, I learned so much about the business and um, about the industry. And it was then being made redundant that I thought, yeah, I could do this myself now, really. Um, and and went for it. And and I got I've got a question on that. So like, you know, the way that you just put the way that you just presented that, you know, doom uh, pending redundancy, right? Like, all the other facets of it that you just mentioned is something that probably most of us would never think of, right? Like like you said, the the loss of obviously the loss of earnings, right, and the loss of a job, <laughs> but the loss of a you know friends that you've made at that job and so purpose. yeah purpose yeah. getting up in the morning that sort of thing I think especially right now I think having the world having just been through what it's been through for the last two years I think like maybe we've all got like a slightly different perspective on life right you know mm -hmm. and um the fact that you were put in that position yourself you got empathy for the people that you that you were training do, me personally, I think probably the fact that you were passionate about it and you thought about it in those terms has probably lent itself to your success, right? It's more than just a yeah. job. That you were literally, you were literally have, having that journey with, you know, walking that journey with them, right, to get back into the into the workforce or retrain yeah. up their skill set, what, however, however that goes about. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we delivered various other bits of training, but the bit that I was really passionate about was the redundancy bit, because it's absolutely life changing for some people. Um, for some people, they're quite happy and, you know, they're, they're OK with change. 
and they're happy to go and find a different job or a different sector or perhaps they're close to retirement so they're just going to take early retirement but for the vast majority of people it's such a scary time and having been through redundancy I could really resonate with them and and that's why I kind of got quite passionate about working with people in that situation um, and there were some people who um, were losing their homes as well so their job was attached to their home so oh, not of course only, yeah yeah so not only was it a complete change of lifestyle actually they were moving house as well um, right. and having to find other accommodation as well as employment and if you're trying to find accommodation to rent and you haven't got a job it's near on impossible yeah. for a landlord to accept you to rent their property so right. um, so it, it's absolutely everything about their lifestyle was changing um and when you look at sort of like Maslow's hierarchy of needs and things security and food and warmth and shelter are the pivotal things on there um, so I just really felt passionate about trying to help these people and trying to do something to help improve the situation that they were in. Um, and then some people I've seen them go from kind of quite despair and not really sure what they're going to do and really anxious through to getting qualifications and getting some really super jobs, um, getting some really, really good jobs off the back of it. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, and so when they keep in touch and they say, oh, thanks, you know, because of you, I'm now doing this, this and this. Um, it, it's really good. It, it's heartwarming to know that you've been able to help somebody along that journey. Oh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. So like when you say apprenticeship, I think we all kind of all jump to the conclusion that we're talking about like a young school learner, uh, school leaver, you know, learning a new, you know, a new job but you're talking about people from all walks of life all different ages right you mentioned you know people that were close to retirement or whatever so obviously everyone looks at stuff differently but so like you help people you you help people of all ages right yeah so the oldest apprentice that we had was in his 70s um and just didn't want to stop working and okay. then we had yeah so right through from just leaving school 15 almost 16 right through to kind of in their 70s um, and all different things so um, typically in Britain historically you would think of apprenticeships being for tradespeople, so sort of you know plumbers and carpet fitters and carpenters yeah. and like that but actually there's so many different types of apprenticeships in sort of business finance digital agriculture um, retail there's so many different areas that people can gain an apprenticeship in and it's all right. about new skills um, and for some people it's brand new into the sector that they're working in or the industry or it could be that they've been in the industry for quite a while but actually their job role has changed so now they're a manager or they're working in a different department and so they're learning skills to do their new job in the same company that they're working for. Okay. So it, it's all different types of situations as to why people would go for an apprenticeship. Um, but it's not, typically we have very few younger people in comparison to people over sort of 
25 so the majority okay. were over 25 and but some younger uh, re that's really interesting i yeah. mean i you know kind of watched this unfold from afar right but really had no idea about the ins and outs of it so yeah i'm i'm loving this i'm really i'm excited to talk about this um you know my industry i've been in the same industry for 35 years um i've I've done it in the UK, I'm doing it here. And we have a, a distinct lack of skilled people. Um, obviously, it would be considered a trade, right? You know, there here it's a, a, a metal technician, a collision technician over there, we were referred to as panel beaters. Um, but even when I finished my apprenticeship and, 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 and worked on and onwards and after that, I was always the youngest person in the field, right? Like literally, I and even now it's even more apparent. You know, I our our technicians are forties and fifties and sixties. We've got an aging workforce, and nothing really to back it up. It's a little scary. Um, so that you know, that part of part of why I'm so excited about this is obviously you, you know the the field that I work in and seeing how you know it's diminishing. Uh, people are getting more and more cars and we're getting less and less people able to work on them. Obviously, technology's changing. Cars have changed dramatically in the period of time that I've done it. But yeah, I'm interested to see, like, you know, to get, if I can get something out of this personally that I can take away and apply, you know, or, or just a different mindset from it. So I appreciate that. Like, I did a little bit, like I said, I already said earlier on, you know, I've kind of watched this from afar. Um, and, and I recall something about driving safety. Is that where you started in this, you, you, you know, and then you ventured out into other areas or how did that so, work out? So the driving safety came after the training company. So after I sold the training company, um, my husband had been doing some bits and pieces. He's a qualified driving instructor. So he'd been working in um, the driver safety arena for a number of years. And then after we sold the um, training company, we were approached by some people to help them to set up a training company that dealt with um, driver safety. So um, lots of companies have taken on staff, delivery staff, particularly over the last few years. And the staff have got the license that they need to be able to drive the vehicles that they're driving. But they maybe are not professional drivers and don't have a professional attitude about driving and are particularly au fait with um, some of the safety requirements. So um, this company wanted to um, deliver training to bigger companies who are taking on delivery staff. Right to help reduce their insurance premiums because the staff would then have a recognized qualification. There would be some, um, some like rubber stamping the quality of the driving staff yep. um, and lower insurance premiums. So these people came to us because they knew that we knew how to run a training center and they asked us to do some consultancy with them, um, which I did do. Um, and I kind of was just thinking it was a one-off thing. I'll, I'll help them set this center up and, and then I'll just disappear off. Um, 
but then they offered um, us a partnership. So two of them, myself and my husband, have now formed this um, training company delivering driver awareness and driver safety training. So we're in the middle of um, getting our own qualification designed that will then be signed off by the authorities in, um, in Britain. And then other people, other companies could start delivering our qualification. That's fantastic. That's great. Yeah. So it will be our own designed, proper, regulated qualification. Like a nationally recognised qualification that you guys came up with. Yeah. So we're just in the middle of, um, just in the process of getting that all rubber stamped off. And then um, next year, we'll be looking to roll out our first learners on our brand new and our own developed qualification. Right. And, and, and that's coming at a time. I mean, obviously, I get my news. Um, I, I pay, a, you know, a, a fair amount of attention to like the UK news, obviously. Um, and at a time <laughs> when like the world needs more drivers, right? Logistically, you know, everyone's struggling. So it's, yeah. it's come at a prime time, right? Or an opportune time. Yes, and, and drivers, not just who've got the driving license to be able to drive the vehicle, but actually have got driver safety or yeah. uh, have got an awareness, have got an understanding of what it is to be a professional driver, um, abide by the law, things like that. So, um, yeah. That's a little overrated. <laughs> so, they, um, you know, when, when they get caught speeding, they can just see Mike again, right? Do you know what I mean? And do a course. Yes, yeah, absolutely. They can go on a speed awareness course where Mike will teach them the errors of their ways. <laughs> now, on, on that, on that, over here, you get caught speeding. You can plead guilty. They'll diminish your fine, providing you do a, a driver safety course, like online. Is yeah. that, does, does that operate the same way there? Is that the part of that? speed awareness course that Mike's doing? Yes, so um, you'll get a notice saying that you've been caught speeding um, and then you either say yes it was me driving or no it wasn't me driving um, and if you say yes it was you driving you book on a course and so instead of having um, like a fine you pay a fee to go on the course and then that course fee then goes all back into driver safety and into the highways. Right. And then you go on this driver awareness course. And then that's, you know, as long as you don't get caught speeding again, that's like the end of it. Um, and it's all about, it's kind of not so much a punishment. It's about educating people. And right. that, you know, if, if you're doing five miles over the limit in a 30, Actually, there's quite a lot of damage you can do to a child that walks out in front of you if you're doing five miles over than if you're doing the speed limit. And although five miles an hour doesn't seem very much, it, it's the difference between a child living or not living. And right. it's that kind of really hard hitting safety education, really. Right. We could definitely deal with some driver education in this state. Mm -hmm. This is the worst driving I've ever seen. <laughs> And everyone blames it on everyone else. They, it's kind well, of, it's kind of, it's kind of humorous. They all blame it on Cal Well, people, my family, they all blame it on California. I'm like, 
<laughs> I don't remember drivers being like this in California. I don't know. But. Yeah, it's the driving here is yeah, it's literally every man for himself. It is, yeah. Yeah. Well, Turn well, signals. Who needs them? <laughs> Rules. We don't need that. We this is Arizona. We do whatever the hell we like. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a little you, it, yeah, you'll experience it. It's a it's a little um it's a little cray cray for sure. Yeah. It's a definitely an education an education in itself, without a doubt. So so that's that's brilliant. Now, I mean, so you know, having had that success and that influence on people, and obviously, you know, the rewards that come with it, and not only financially, but obviously, you know, emotionally and mentally, you, you know, you've touched on that. What made mm -hmm. you decide to move on? Um honestly, it was um the business was really good, I really enjoyed it. Um but I just, over COVID, I lost a couple of people that were really close to me and yeah. um, family members. And it just really made me reevaluate my life right. and reevaluate what I was doing, where I was going. And I think so many people did in that time. Quite a lot of people took time out to, to just kind of look at their lives. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, and, and I just thought, oh, you know, yeah, whatever. I just need to keep going at this business. I've got no other options. If I don't do this, like, who am I? What am I going to do? My degree's right. in teaching. So if I'm not in an education arena, then that's a waste of my degree. Um, so I kind of poo-pooed it for a bit and then actually did start to reflect on things and thought I've missed out on so much time with my children right. and I've helped all these other people which is amazing but actually my children have suffered a bit for that right and I was working long hours every day um even when I was on holiday I was still working I was still answering emails still dealing with things um and just kind of it was literally like over a couple of days, I just sat down and thought, I don't want this anymore. Um, and once I'd made that decision, right. that was it. And I knew that there was, there was no turning back and right. I could see the benefits of selling and I could see all the extra time that I could spend with my children and how my children would benefit um, from having that time with me. And yeah. um, and they're growing up. They're nine and ten now, and right. um, you know I, they're growing up. And I feel I've missed so much, and I don't want to miss anything else with them. So that's brilliant. I, yeah, yeah. So I'm more, I'm more mum. Whereas, like in the introduction, you said that I was a a, a mum, a wife, and a businesswoman, and I am those things now. But I was first and foremost a businesswoman and a mum kind of there. I was there for my children, but not as much as I feel that I should have been. Or wanted so to be. Now, yeah, now mum is top of the list. That is top my, of that first, list. Yeah. my first can, thing is that I, I am a mother. Totally, I can totally relate to that, what you're saying too about the businesswoman and like that it does like for me for years, I put my business ahead because that was, I was 
that's what drove me it was inspiring mm. and so I, I mean I know as women we feel guilty for it and I I do have guilt over it but then also I look back and I think gosh you know you know good for me and good for you on for mm -hmm. you know like following your dream with business so I mm. hope you're not looking at it like it's all negative no, no, I think I've learned so much and I've been able to provide so much for my children and my children have learned so much. They're like little entrepreneurs themselves. Oh. Uh, so they've learned so much as well. So I, I don't see it all as a negative, but I do see the negatives there and I do see um, the mum guilt that I had um, and just, I just, I felt like I needed to be more more mum and more family and less business being the first thing and my children yeah. constantly saying to me um mum can you put your phone down um why are you working again we're supposed to be away um and it was all of those sorts of things and it was then that I realized because you you don't realize but I realized just how consuming the business had become and it was, yeah, it was just reflection, like I think a lot of people did, like I said, over right. lockdown, that, that, uh, and the loss that I'd suffered that made me think, do you know what, I, I do need to change my lifestyle, I need to change my life. You um, need to change your priorities, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, think that, I think that's, like you said, you know, we touched on that with uh, Christine, one of our earlier guests, you know, like, I, I, I think, I think it forced, or not forced, you know, I think it's been a good thing. If there's one good thing to come out of this whole last couple of years, right? Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, sadness and anguish and and who knows what else, but there's also some positives to come out of it. And, you know, like your, you, you know, your decision to, to, to change your priorities, you know, is obviously a positive. It's a positive for you. And obviously it's a positive for, you know, you know, for your kids that um, that they'll reap the rewards of, won't they, for the rest of their life. They might not even understand that right now, but I'm sure, you know, in years to come, they'll look back and understand that that changing point, right, that tide turning. And, and, and mm -hmm. like you said, mum becoming your most important role, you know, yeah. as, opposed, as opposed to a part-time role or, you know, when you could fit them in. So... Congratulations yeah. on that. That's fantastic, right? And what a great way to put it, you know, and what a great reason to, you know, to, to change your lifestyle. That's that's fantastic. Yes. I think without lockdown and without all of that, I don't think I would have seen it. It was that right. situation that made me see how my life had been and, and um, what was going on and how I was living it. And then subsequently made me think well actually I don't want to do this anymore right um but yeah once I'd made the decision that was it I knew what was happening um and I knew how much different and better our lives would be and ultimately how how much better the children's lives would be um, and, and 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 have you felt that since like you you've got you've you've justified it by just you know it, it, it you know again watching from afar it seems like you're living life and you're you know you're loving life right now you know and 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 obviously that's fantastic to see so 
personally you felt that it's worked out exactly how you wished it or hoped it would work out? Um, yes, I kind of, <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't really sure. I just right. kind of knew that, that things would be better, but I didn't know how completely to make them better. Right. And I kind of thought, um, the day I sold the business, once the money hit the bank account and I saw it in my bank account, I just started crying and thinking, what have I done? How am right. I, how am I going to do this? Like, this right. is a massive decision and now it's happened and now I've got to deal with it. How am I going to deal with it? Um, so we went, we all went away to London for the weekend and we stayed in a really posh hotel. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. families and and we just did loads of lovely things in london and then i thought yeah i'll be fine now i know I, yeah i can live like this this is all right um and then i just thought that um i would get a job or or i would get another business or i would do something straight away and then when kind of because it was just before christmas so then christmas came along and then the new year came along and I thought, I'm not ready yet. I just want to have a bit more time off. Um, and then I was doing a little bit of consultancy and I was still like, yeah, I'm not ready. So I, I had the luxury of being able to have some time um, right. where I didn't have to go and get a job. I didn't have to, to set up another business. Um, I could just like properly be at home with the children all the time and yeah. just, just doing bits and pieces. And, and doing all those things that are always on your to-do list that you never get round to doing. Yeah. I managed to do loads of those sorts of things. Um, and then I did start getting bored. So then I, <laughs> I um, have bought a, a new business and um, I'm looking at buying another property. Um, I'm doing the consultancy work and then I got headhunted by another company who saw that I was, um, they heard that I, I was back looking for opportunities. So they contacted me um, about doing some quality of teaching work with them. So I'm doing that as well. Oh, but, okay. um, yeah, but I, I'm just doing things that fit in around me and around yeah. my family. Um, and I've been offered other opportunities, but just looked at them and thought that it's going to take up too much time yep. or I need to learn so much to get up to speed with this that actually I don't want to do it. So I've turned yep. down lots of opportunities that have come my way for in favour of things that I feel are a better fit for the family. Good. That, that's great. That is awesome to hear. Yeah. So you touched on your new business. You want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so in education, there's lots of um, like rules and regulations and red tape and government funding and um, oh, you inspections. Don't, you, you don't live in Arizona because there's none of those things here. <laughs> so <laughs> there is all of that here. <laughs> and um, and it, it's um, very restrictive on what you can and what you can't do and things like that. Um, and quite often you're dealing with people who are um, upset about things like people who are being made redundant, they're upset and, uh, and things like that. So um, what I wanted was a business where um, in a sector where people are happy 
Yeah. And people are cheery. Yeah. Um, so I thought about floristry and then I thought, well, although people are getting married, people are dying and you're doing funeral flowers. So I scratched floristry and, <laughs> um, <laughs> and have moved into the beauty industry. So I bought a salon in, um, in Eastleigh in Hampshire and it's a lovely little salon. And um, we specialize in massages and facials and manicures and pedicures and all sorts of just like really relaxing, lovely treatments. And people who come in are quite often a little bit stressed about one thing or another. But then by the time they leave, they just kind of float out of the salon because they're so chilled, oh. so happy and so relaxed. And I absolutely love it. That's rad. That yeah, that's brilliant. Is. And again, what, what, what a good way to put it, you know, like, Again, going back to what we've spoke about already, like you know, people reprioritize and having different things in life, right? Like I think we've all we've all come to our awareness of our mentality and that has mm -hmm. changed, hasn't it? Right. I mean, yeah. I know mine has, right? Yeah, just your thinking process on like how it would fit in like just how you explained that was like, oh yeah, and how yeah. you know, yeah, like you said, like how you You've gone from something where it's all rules and regulations, and and you know, and 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 people being upset and etc. To going into get into a happy business, right? That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And if you're going for a massage, you're a happy person, right? You, you know, afterwards. So yeah, um, I mean, Carol knows. I, I, the thought of someone massaging me gives me the EBGBs for for a start. <laughs> Like don't don't do not don't even, like especially when it comes to my back and my neck right it's like I know I need help like serious help I've been told a million times by people that know that you you need serious help but the thought of someone like I've been to a chiropractor right over the years on oh. and off but the thought of like a massage to me doesn't feel like something that would be happy it sounds painful and oh, no no yeah. if you've got your shoulders and they just work that little bit of tension out it just releases everything it's yeah. um yeah it yeah. yeah you should just just try it just once no i'm not doing that no <laughs> not in a million years carol you you can have you, Send me up. you can take mine too right so you can have two yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i have a question because um just because i know you and we're family um you had talked about the magistrate Magistrate. Magistrate. See, mm -hmm. I, I need, I have questions on that. Like, what is that? And like, because it sounds, it sounds like very, very royal. Like, and I'm just curious, is it like it is in the movies or like what I'm envisioning? As a, a magistrate in um, the UK, Everyone who is charged with a crime goes to, um, if you go to court, every charge goes to a magistrate's court, first of all. And more serious crimes get moved up to a crown court, which is what you think of when you think of the old Bailey with the judges in wigs and the, um, you know, the big wooden courts and, and uh, uh, gabble and things like that. So that all goes up to Crown Court, um, more serious crimes. But 
less serious crimes, but still imprisonable crimes, um, are heard by a panel of magistrates. So you have three magistrates who sit on um, what's called a bench, and we hear different cases about all different things. So it could be um, people who have been caught speeding and say that it wasn't them. Um, Go see Mike. <laughs> yeah. Um, or um, people who are pleading not guilty to an offence, people who are pleading guilty, um, people who um, have not sent their children to school, so the local authority are bringing them into court. Um, it's a whole wide range of things. So the, the role that you do is, is different depending on, on what sort of court you're sitting in. So sometimes it's people who have just recently been arrested and been charged with a crime, and then you're deciding whether they get bail and are released back to the community, or until their trial, you're remanding them in prison. So some of the cases are like that. Um, other cases can be that you sit in on a trial and then between the bench, you um, decide if somebody is guilty or not guilty of whatever crime it is. And then if they're guilty, you then decide the punishment. So which could be something from a fine to a community order, or indeed into prison. So with, with that one, like, like, do you, like, would you ever find yourself in a position where you look at something and decide that it goes higher up or, or is, is, is like kind of your, you guys are their, you know, their final stop, right? If that makes sense. Like, so you guys determine what happens from here on out, right? With, with that particular case or that particular person. So it depends what the crime is. If it if it's like serious murder and things like that, then the law governs that that goes up to a crown court. Okay. Um, so there's some um, some crimes that that have to go. Some that just go straight there. Yeah, but they yep. all come to a magistrate's court first of all to be allocated up to a crown court. Right. That's um, right. That's kind of what I was getting at. Yep. Yeah, and then there's other ones that could go to Crown Court or could be heard in Magistrates Court. Um, the defendant has an opportunity to say if they want to go to Crown or if they want to stay in Magistrates. Um, and then the third ones are crimes that will only be heard in a Magistrates Court. You, there is no option okay. to say right. Crown Court. So every, every charge will fit into one of those three categories. Right. So how did you... I'm, so what is your title with that? Are you still doing that or? Yes, so I am um, Justice of the Peace is my job title for that. And, um, and I'm still doing that. I've been doing that for a number of years now. Um, and it's a part-time position. So um, I sit probably sort of two or three times a month um, doing that. And how did you, like, how did you get into that? Like, that's, I mean, I met you and I can see that you're like a logical thinker. So, but I didn't imagine that that's something that you would have like done. Found your way you into. found your yeah. way into, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how did you become Judge Judy? Yeah. <laughs> shoulda, coulda, woulda. 
yeah. Um, so um, I think I just I just wanted to do something that wasn't work related at the time. So just something different that was worthwhile, that had a value and a purpose and something that helped the community. Um, so I was trying to find something to do that wasn't work. It wasn't me being a mum. It wasn't me being a wife. It was just literally something just for me. Um, and I looked at various different things. And then in a previous life, I used to work for the probation service. So um, I'd done uh, various different bits and pieces in um, working with ex-offenders and court work and things. Um, and I just thought, oh, actually, I remember these, these people that sat up on a big bench in the courts and I remember what they did. And, and um, I wonder if I could do that. So I went along and just observed a few days of, of court cases and, and the sort of things that they did. And I thought, oh, yeah, I quite fancy that. I think I could do that. And I'm quite, um, yeah, I'm quite level headed. I'm quite a logical thinker. Um, I think I've, I'd like to think that I've got empathy with people, with both defendants and with victims, and I, I can make quite balanced decisions. Decisions, yeah. Um, yeah, so I um, applied for it, and there were several hundred people that applied, and there were about nine or ten of us that, that were successful and, and got through and, and chosen to do it. Wow. So that was like a massive achievement and it's it's not about it's not particularly about your qualifications and what you can and can't do it's about your own personality and your own thought process and um how you perceive things and how you um decipher information so it was all about you as a person and so i quite liked that that, mm. that somebody else couldn't come along with a better qualification or, or something yeah, that's incredible yeah it's about your personality and what you bring to the magistrate and, and the skills that they see in you. Um, so I, I was absolutely chuffed to bits when uh, I was so excited when um, I got accepted. And then we went to um, Winchester Crown Court, which is a massive, massive a court. court. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in England. It, it, not as big as the Old Bailey, but it's still. A massive yeah, court. Yeah, a lot of history. Yeah, a big yeah, yeah. Big cases. Yeah, yeah, a lot of prolific cases are heard there. So we went to um, Winchester, and I took the children, and I got sworn in at um, at Winchester Crown Court. And then afterwards, one of the top judges in the country came and chatted with me, and um, took me into his courtroom, and um, and I got a photo with him and my children in his courtroom, um, which was really, really special. Um, like, forget all that, although that's good. <laughs> did you get a badge, like a sheriff's badge that says justice of the peace? I've got an ID badge, but oh, I don't I have, I have an ID well, badge, but I don't have an ID badge. I don't oh. have like a sheriff's badge like Woody to go on my jacket. No. Oh. Oh. But like ID badges that come in a wallet that you can just like flip it out and be like, hey, I'm Justice of the Peace. <laughs> I'd love it if it did. <laughs> I think you should do that. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, yeah I should get one, shouldn't I? <laughs> yes, for sure. That is remarkable. Thankfully, I don't know from first-hand experience how the justice system works in the UK. Uh, that's why I had to move here. Um, no, no, oh, okay. no, not really, not really. Um, but you would, you would imagine, you wouldn't think that magistrates are like a cross-section of the general public, right? Like, like they have you there for your your personality and your ability to you know to think logically and problem get, yeah problem solving get different opinions mm -hmm. right like much like you would expect from a jury right like that's why they yeah. expect, that's why they, most people would think like as a magistrate i would until this conversation was that you know you had to have some sort of qualifications but you know it, it, you know the the other way sounds actually sounds more logical you yeah. know Yes, yeah, so I do have a qualification in um, law um, yeah. as well, which I'm, I'm sure probably helped. Um, right. But it, it, it is more about your judgment and um, yeah, decision making process, rationally thinking, being able to apply the law to different situations, because every situation is different. You can have 10 people with the same charge, but everything be different about each of their cases. Right. So yeah. um, it's really interesting. It's really different. And I feel like I make a real difference to people. I make a difference to um, defendants and to victims and to the community. Um, and, and it's just, like I said, it's something that is just for me. It's not something where I'm mum or anything else. And the different people that you work with, are incredible. There's so many different professions and backgrounds that people have um, that you sit with as a bench um, that it is really interesting, really, really interesting. That, that's remarkable. That yeah, good job. Congratulations. What brings you the most joy? My children. Well, that, was that was a quick, quick answer. answer. Yeah. Absolutely, my children. Um, I struggle to actually have children. And so having them is an absolute blessing um, that I don't take for granted. And everything is about my children. Every decision that I make about life, about my career, about everything that I do is 100% for my children. And they bring me the, the, the most joy than anything. They're crazy little people that are just bizarre half the time. You don't really <laughs> understand what they're doing. They're like gremlins. You can't feed them after dark and you know, all, all of those sort of things. They're just, just amazing little people that I am so lucky to be their mum. Yeah, absolutely my children, 100%. That is great. What a great answer. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Um, yeah. I, I mean, me personally, I've learned a lot. Me too. That oh I was, God. I was super excited to do this. Not again, not only because your family and and have the, you know, it, we're catching up, right? Absolutely, which we don't, which we don't get time enough to do as much as we should. So not only because of that, but also I had so many questions, so all of which you've answered, and and I think honestly, the answers are the answers that I wanted to hear. Oh, wasn't good. sure that I would get, but I wanted to hear. I think they've all been extremely positive and great answers. And I think, like the underlying sentiment here, quite, quite honestly, and you know, just to, to add to what you've just said, right? Like your family, your children have, you know, have mm. been have been the catalyst to some 
great decisions along the way. So, um, and I yeah. think you're, like just hearing your story is like very inspirational for for me. You opened up like the thinking process for me, right? About how, like just the decisions you've made and incredible. Yeah. Really. So yeah. So uh, we really hope that you've enjoyed it as much as we have. On I absolutely have. And it, it's made me think about things as well. So some of the questions I hadn't really thought of before or thought of the answers. And um, so it's really made me think about things. So thank you. And I, I've been as honest as I, I possibly can on, on everything. No, yeah, yeah that's, that's quite that's clear. Really, yes. Yeah. That shines through for yeah. sure. And I think, you know, the people that have, list, that have listened to our, you know, our first few will thoroughly enjoy this. Mm -hmm. You know, I really do. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I'm sure they will. Yeah, absolutely. So um, just one last thing, really. I mean, your new business, do you, you know, is, is there a way people can get in touch with the business in order to, you know, to book those services or what is it called? Yeah, absolutely. It is called Number One Beauty Studio um, in Eastleigh. And the Facebook and Instagram handles are number one beauty studio. Hot gossip is that um, I'm now buying another um, salon next year. Um, and it's a hairdresser's salon this time. So yeah. I'm looking to kind of expand, uh, expand in the beauty industry with other lovely people who are, you know, people going for haircuts are lovely people as well. And all happy people, aren't they? Yes. I'm not happy when I go for a haircut. Well, apart from you. You know, most people are, Lee, not you, but that's fine. <laughs> well, when I have a haircut, I have to do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to thank you so much. I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. It really has been fantastic. Thank you for having me. Thank you for asking me. Well, that was our episode with Lorna. We hope you enjoyed that as much as we did. We, yeah, we've had some questions from people that have listened to our first couple of podcasts. Um, you know, we said that, that, you know, we said at the start, if you've got anything that you would like us to look into or you have questions that, you know, we may or may not be able to answer, then we would ask you to just reach out to us. Um, in this instance, we've had some questions in regards to uh, the difference between like English and American and the way that the monarchy works. Um, I'll be honest, I think most Americans are more intrigued by the English monarchy than English people themselves. Having said that, if any of you English people are listening and you want to get in on this, you can always message us on Instagram. And then, you know, that's something that we'll be discussing in one of the next episodes. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I have my own views on it that may or may not be correct. So I'm going to have to do a little bit of dig in before I open my big fat mouth and uh, <laughs> put my foot in it. So we look forward to that too. And we do appreciate the people that have reached out to us. So thank you very much. Thank you.